Hey y'all, it's your girl, it's Nikita, and I'm back with my first real segment, my first real podcast where where I'm actually discussing a topic, and um, I'm very excited because I actually did what I said I was going to do, and it's actually what the uh, podcast is about, the, the name of it, and the name of it is called You got the time, you got the time, girl. You got the time, okay? Um, And the reason that I made it, you got the time, because, um, and it's just about, you know, your personal goals, right? It's about your personal goals. And I just found or realized within myself that, I was not a well-disciplined person. (laughs) And I guess it was with certain things, all right? Because I have my my regular duties, right? I do, I take care of what needed to be taken care of. So I have no problems with that, you know, making sure that my bills are paid, um, making sure that I'm, you know, running my house properly. So just those going to work every day, work ethic, you know, things like that. That's, I don't have a problem with that. That, that comes naturally. That's what I'm supposed to do. But the thing when I'm doing something for myself, like something extra, like after you've gotten off from work, what are you working on personally for your own goals, whether it's like a a side business or um, you're just doing something that you you love to do, like singing or you want to do an album or something like that. You know, what are what type of goals are you working on personally? And for me, it's like I would be starting all this stuff. Like I've started businesses and I stopped. <laughs> I've started ventures and I just stop and I'm like, why the hell do I do that? Why do I do that? (laughs) And I was so like sick of myself. Like, why do you, why do I start these things and I don't finish them? And I'm always like really excited about it. But, you know, life happens and things get in the way and you it, it just dies. But then I just get sick of myself. <laughs> like, even with not just my, my, well, I guess it still is a personal goal. Like, if I say, you know, I'm going to go this long without doing this certain thing or if I'm going to start implementing this or like, I don't know, anything that had to do with my own personal growth, I would just start and stop. And I knew this about myself. Like just recently, I said, I said, why do I do that? I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand that. I just don't. But I, I really develop a relationship with, with God and... I started praying, developed a prayer life, and 
you know, really just ask God to, to show me, you know, like, show me myself, I guess. <laughs> I guess that's what, I guess that's what you can call it. Like, showing me myself, revealing something about myself to, to, me, to me that will make it kind of click or, like, give me that, aha, the moment, you know, like, Oprah. And, you know, I was really praying for that. Because I really wanted to be better. I wanted to be better and I wanted to accomplish all of my goals, my personal goals for myself. And then on top of that, I don't I don't like to make excuses and I don't like to make myself out to be a victim or anything. I accept responsibility for anything that I've done that may have caused a setback in my life or anything like that. But I'm I'm a single mom and you know, I put a lot of energy into my baby a lot of time and energy into him because his future is important to me so in between a 40-hour work day you know dealing with mind you my my job i handle complaints like that's my job (laughs) like who wants to do that but i do it and i'm grateful but i listen to people complain all day and it's on the phone people yelling at me and then people sending letters upset complaining and it's my job to resolve it and granted I've become a professional complaint handler (laughs) I could do that with no problem but when I get off from work you know I have to let all of that go all of the stress that's that I've built up at this freaking job. And then I have to put on this mommy hat and pretend like none of this stuff just happened at work. (laughs) So I put on mommy hat and then I go and pick up my baby. And then I have to, how was your day? You know, let all of that, let all of the work stuff go and put on this hat. And then we go to his training you know, he, my son is an athlete. He runs track. So then we go to track training and then, you know, I'm conversing with the other moms and granted, I'm, I'm crazy. So I'm, I'm a crazy person. I, maybe I won't say that I'm, I'm fun, crazy, good, crazy. <laughs> and I can transition easily, but, you know, managing all of these hats that I have to wear as a single mom, um, I, I do it what would seem like easy to people on the outside. But knowing that I had all these personal goals that I wanted to accomplish or want to accomplish, I felt like I couldn't find the time to do them. And I would make excuses and I'd be like, I'm tired. You know, I... I'm investing in my son. We're reading leadership books. We're doing his homework. I'm giving him extra homework. We're talking about his day. We're training. We're eating, eating healthy. We're doing all this, all these things. And it's like, well, where, how do I find time for me? You know, like my day starting for me would be like eight or nine o'clock at night. You know, like I shower, I eat, 
and and then now and then on top of that, my son likes to sleep with me in my in my bed, and you know don't even get to get that alone that time alone. So <laughs> it was like, where's you know where's my time? You know, and how am I gonna be able to do all these things that I want to do for myself in the midst of all of these other hats that I have to wear, and I just. It was so hard for me to do it. but And I just got so sick of myself. Like I really did. When you, <laughs> I think when you, you really want to better yourself. I think when you really want to better yourself, you start to see things. You see things. And like I said, I pray and developed a stronger relationship with God. And he showed me things about myself. And I didn't like them. <laughs> That's crazy, right? It's crazy to see yourself so clearly like that mirror in front of you. You have that mirror in front of you and you're looking at yourself. And you're looking at these things that just appear so clear so clear and you're like well, how do I fix it right and it's honestly one one step at a freaking time okay one step at a time <laughs> because there's so many things that I I wanted to do and it just kind of seemed like I was overwhelming myself and nothing was getting done and then I get upset or I'd become discouraged and then I just stop. And you know, God kind of revealed to me that I was just so busy doing so many things. What what do they say? They call it the the jack of all trades and the master of none. And that's what I was. That's what I was. But I I wanted to fix it. Right? And I had to get that I don't have time thing out of my mind. I had to get it. You have to get that out of your mind. You think that you don't have time. You do have the time to accomplish your goals. You do. If you think about it, everybody from the poorest man on earth to the wealthiest man on earth or woman, because it can be a woman, <laughs> we all get 24 hours in a day, right? So you break down that time. What are you actually doing within those 24 hours a day? What are you really doing? How much time do you spend watching TV, right? How much time do you actually spend in your car driving? How much time do you spend on your phone, watching, scrolling social media, right? How much do you time do you spend on the phone talking or gossiping? All of those moments can be used for you to, to work towards something, to work towards a goal. Like that time is there and you have to make good use of that time or otherwise You'll end up at the end of the day talking about, well, talking to your homegirls or whoever you be talking to. 
you know, saying, I don't have time. I ain't got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. And first of all, we need to get that out of our vocabulary. Because I find myself saying that all the time. I ain't got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. Okay, I'll, I'll stop. But I, I just love music. So when I say something and it triggers a song, I just have to sing it. So you guys are going to have to get used to that. But that was a song. I I don't know if you remember that lady. Ain't nobody got time for that. But you, you, we have to be conscious of the things that we're saying. Because it's in your heart, right? At the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if you're thinking about it all the time and it, it's in your heart, it's in your mind, and you're speaking it, you believe that you don't have the time for it. So you have to be conscious, first of all, of what you're saying out your mouth. And I also realized that too. And I was, I had actually said it right i said it. i was in i was having a conversation with a coworker and i used that term i don't have time for that and i said i stopped myself and i said you know what i said i do have time i said i need to stop saying that and i did stop saying that and that's what i mean i said when god when you develop a relationship with god he reveals things to you but you have to take heed to your spirit because that's what your spirit is for and it'll bring things up to your remembrance now that's what the holy spirit is there for he will bring it to your remembrance but are you taking heed to what is being brought up right are you ignoring that because when you get ready to do something when you know you're supposed to be doing something else you know it, it's that split moment and it, it quickly says, you know you're supposed to be writing this book. You know you're supposed to be working on this song. You said you was going to work on that song. You know you said that you you know you're on a diet now. Why you eating that hamburger? Why you eating that hamburger at 9 o'clock at night? When you know you started this diet. So there's always a split second where it's revealed to you. But what do you do in that moment? Right? Do you ignore it? <laughs> it's so funny to me because it happens. <laughs> oh, that tickles me. But it's there. It is. And God gave us the Holy Spirit for that reason. You know? It it leads us, it guides us, but we ignore it. <laughs> Why do we do that? Because <laughs> that's, see, that's the flesh right there. That's the flesh. Ain't nothing but the flesh. But we got to take heed to, take heed to the Holy Spirit in those times. That's reminding us of the goals that we set out for ourselves. But anyways, we got to we gotta take heed to that. But in that same moment, when I was having that conversation with my coworker, I said, I got to stop saying this. I have to. I have to stop. And I did. And I really, you know, looked at my, my day and my schedule and everything that I have with my son. And I said, well, what tools, what tools do I currently have that can assist me 
with being more disciplined. I realized that I was not disciplined at all when it came to doing what I really wanted to do for myself. Like, I don't I don't want to be working uh, at a nine-to-five job. I don't think that God designed us to be employed. <laughs> I think he really gave us gifts um, that we should operate in, which will, you know, bring us money. I don't really think that we were designed to be employees. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, that's that's the way it starts out. But I, I don't want to be employed in it. I don't want to be employed. I want to work, use my gifts and allow my gifts to fund my life, right? Because God wants us to live in abundance. And I believe that I can have that. But, you know, I was still struggling with being undisciplined and saying, I don't have the time for it. I'm a busy single mom. And you know that I would use that excuse too. Uh, I'm a single mom. That's hard. Yeah. I'm a single mom and I do everything. Yeah. I do everything. And I go to bed at around 10 o'clock and I have to get up at 5.30 in the morning. And I'm just exhausted and I'm tired. I'm a single mom. <laughs> when you say single mom, it just you you just expect people to know I work hard. Okay, I'm doing this alone. <laughs> but girl, you are right. You can still accomplish your goals and be a single mom. Don't use that as an excuse. But but anyways. I I don't want to be working for anyone. I don't want to to do that. So I I I had to come up with a system that's going to work for me. And I and I get it. You may not be there yet, but I'm I'm just I just want to help you to realize that you can do it and you do have the time, right? So I I looked at, you know, I looked at my schedule, I looked at my son's schedule, and you have a, a daily routine, whether you believe it or not. You have a daily routine. And I looked at my routine and I just saw where I had some extra time. And I blocked out that time. I started using my calendar in my phone. I have an iPhone. I started using my calendar more. So when I, I scheduled my son's track, I scheduled the time, um, my work schedule. I scheduled, and then I scheduled Zion's training time, his time for um, education when he gets home, homework. Um, we have a leadership day, so we go we, where I read a book to him. It's regarding leader leadership. Um, I scheduled all of those things in my calendar. I put them in there. And I realized that most of the time for myself was at night. <laughs> when I say that I'm tired, right? So I said, okay, this is what I'm going to have to do. So I blocked out a, the time that Zion goes to sleep up until 12 a.m. in the morning. 
Yeah, 12 a.m. I cannot go to sleep until 12 a.m. So, in order to <laughs> in order to be successful at something, um, it requires sacrifice. So you you may have to sacrifice, ladies, social media time. And think about it, y'all spend a lot of time on social media. I don't know why. I mean, well, maybe I get it. it a lot going on, you know. The, Looking at the celebrities and what they got on and, you know, the little funny memes and the, the funny videos and all of that. But just to be honest, it's a time waster. You're wasting time. You'll be on the thing for, you You think you're on there for two minutes and the next thing you know, you see a video and you know how they have the little videos popping up one by one and you just keep scrolling, scrolling through, laughing. And you know me. I'm emotional, so I like the ones that make me cry. <laughs> Weirdest thing ever, but the one uh, I always find myself crying at videos that people post, you know, the sad ones or even the really the ones that are just so beautiful, they just make you cry. So I, you got to stop. I had to stop. You got to stop. You have to limit your time or you just, you really have to be aware. Not even kidding. You have to be aware of what you're doing. And I, I know we get in that routine and it's just, you're unconsciously just grabbing your phone. Oh, just look at it a couple of minutes and you're there for an hour, 45 minutes, an hour, an hour and a half, two hours. And there you go, two hours that you could have used to write a business plan, time that you could have used to practice a song, to write in a book, or to start writing a financial plan, you know, or, you know, searching on how to save money or how to earn money, how to start a business. We just have to be conscious and aware of where we're spending our time and when we start unconsciously doing something right so and and tv you know i know you you want to watch your housewives of atlanta and you know what are the what are the other ones hip-hop atlanta no how do you say it hip-hop whatever it's called rapping hip-hop I don't know how to say love and hip hop. There it is. See, I don't I don't watch it because it's addictive. It's addictive and the things that are on there, you know, that stuff gets in your subconscious mind and next thing you know, you're acting like those people and you're starting to see the very same things in your relationship. You start to to see that stuff in your life and the drama and uh-uh, say the drama for your mama because I don't want to hear it, okay? I don't like drama and I don't want it in my head. So I I don't watch TV I'm, and I'm also not going to pay two or $300 for Comcast. You know, I, I, I'm not doing that. I'm sorry, I'm not doing that. What I can use that for my son or something. 
So, I mean, and if you have to do it, schedule it, okay? You you know how, oh yeah, and some of y'all be on that, um, that Netflix. I see it all the time. Sometimes you put people posting, posting on Facebook. I just binge watch some Walk of the Dead, Dead of the Walk, something like that. Dead Walking, you know, with the zombie people or the uh, power people, you know, those, that show, you know, you binge watching all of these shows. Do you know how long your tail be sitting up there watching, binge watching that mess? And you're just laughing and you're watching this garbage. And that's what it is. I get it. It's entertaining. I've done it before. I've done it before. It's garbage. It's garbage. It's a time waster. A time waster. But if you have to do it, it schedule the time. Limit it to one hour or maybe two hours a week. <laughs> Not 10 hours a week, you know, schedule the time for you to watch TV and <laughs> you shouldn't be watching it. It's it's not good for your mind, but some people have guilty pleasures and that's just something that they like to do and I get it, but schedule the time. Don't sit there and unconsciously watch 13 seasons of Grey's Anatomy or something like that. You know, that's too much, too much time. So we really have to to manage our time. And another thing that I want to talk about, and I, I really encourage you guys to to look up this guy. Like, I'm not even kidding you. This guy is a freaking amazing. His name is Dr. Miles Monroe. Uh, his, he has a lot of sermons on YouTube and um he's written over 60 books. Um unfortunately he did pass away. Um so a lot of the sermons that you see they'll they'll be older. But this was a wise man and every time I listen to this man I'm enlightened. And what I love about him is that he goes strictly by the word. This man was so knowledgeable, y'all. Y'all got to look him up. But but he has a uh, a sermon on YouTube called The Power of Discipline. And what he says on there is um, he defined discipline, self-discipline, um, as self-imposed standards for the sake of a worthy goal. But what he said was that vision dictates your discipline. When you have a goal or a vision for your life that's worthy to you, and you know that's something that you've always desired to do, your passion, your purpose, the discipline automatically comes. And I was like, you know what? That is absolutely right because at this point in my life I'm tired of working a 95 9 to 5 and I rediscovered or you know gotten my relationship with Christ and and God back on track and you know I'm disciplined in that area and then you know I really desire to 
accomplish my passion, which is music. So when you are, when you have vision for your life, and I encourage you that if you do not know what your purpose is that you seek, you seek God and you develop a relationship and it it will be revealed to you. It will be revealed to you. And you already know. You already know. And I think um, in that YouTube video uh, by Dr. Miles Monroe, he he says that your purpose is what makes you upset. He said whatever makes you upset when you see somebody doing it wrong or you, you see somebody not doing, doing it, um, not doing it properly, and it makes you mad. <laughs> And that's true because I'm so critical of people who sing. Like, I'm like, why is she, she, she can't even sing, you know, she, she can't even sing. Why is she here? Why is she here, Ike? Why is she here? Um, that's a quote from my favorite movie, which is what's love got to do with it. Uh, I just had to say that because um, it just reminded me of it. So I'm sorry. That'll happen sometimes too. But um, yeah. So just just think about it. And another term that people use sometimes is, "What is the one thing that you you would do if you didn't get paid a dime for it? That you would do for free, right? Nobody paid you. You would do it joyfully. You know, think about that. You know, because I, I, I do not believe that God gave us just wanted us to be here on earth <laughs> just wanted us to be here just to go through the ups and downs of life no i want to be happy i want to be joyful i don't want to hate going to work i don't want to be sitting on a job and just unhappy and unfulfilled right when you Dive into your purpose, you get a sense of fulfillment and a sense of of joy. Like when I made the decision to walk in my purpose, I knew that my job was now temporary. And I knew that it was helping me for the present moment, but that my purpose was going to take me places that I could never even imagine and I believe that that's gonna happen for me and I believe that that can happen for you because God doesn't lie his word doesn't lie his word his word does not lie your gift will make room for you and I strongly believe that and if you don't have vision for your life I I just don't understand how you could be really, truly, truly, truly joyful. I can see you being happy, but happiness is based on conditions and can change. There's a difference between happiness and joy, right? There's a difference between the two, right? So I think vision is equivalent to, to discipline because when you have vision, it dictates everything. And this is in the um, the sermon from Dr. Miles Monroe. Your vision dictates your life. When you know what it is that you 
are supposed to be doing, you know that watching or spending three hours binge watching some show making these people wealthy, by the way, (laughs) that's not going to help you accomplish the goal, right? I know that my goal is to be uh, a gospel singer, R&B gospel, by the way, Um, to be a gospel singer, um, writing a book um, for women and I'm doing, you know, the the podcast. You know, that's what I desire to do. And I find joy in it. I know that I can't be watching crap on TV, drama, love and hip-hop. Is that how you say Love and hip-hop, hip-hop, rap, hip-hop, something like that. Housewives of Atlanta and all of that. Because that's filling my mind and my spirit with, with drama. And... I can only give to others what I've deposited in myself. So I know that for my vision, I have to stay in God's word. And I have to maintain that relationship with him in order for me to be able to give to others. Or to, you know, assist others in in their areas of weakness and, you know, lead them back to, to God. Because that's the goal, of course, to to go back to the source, which is God. It's the source of everything. And your vision dictates the type, the books you read. I know that in order for me to be successful with my podcast and giving you guys information and singing and singing with emotion, I have to maintain that relationship with God. I can't be reading books, you know, those sex book things. You know, I can't be reading all that crap and, you know, putting that stuff in me. So your vision dictates everything. But think about it. If you don't have vision, then you have no restraints, right? You're doing some of everything. You're confused. You're here. You're there. You're up. You're down. You're here. You're all around, right? And we gotta we gotta be aware of that. You gotta find a vision that imposes discipline on us, right? And you know what that is. Girl, you know. You know. Ask yourself. You already know. God has shown it to you at some point in your life. You may have forgotten about it. You may have overlaid, you know, hurt, depression, you know, insecurities. You may have placed all of that on top of it, but it's there. It's there. But when we develop that relationship with God, he's able to remove those burdens. You can cast your cares on on Jesus because he, he already died for us, right? So cast your cares on him so that we can be free and we can do the work of the Lord, right? That's what it's about. That is what it's about. When you have discipline, you live a a very narrow life because you know what you need to be doing and what you shouldn't be doing because it's not going to help you in the end goal. So... 
I just want to encourage some someone who just feels overwhelmed like I did, who is wearing many hats, who's just tired. I was so tired. And there's no joy in that. You know, I put on a smile. I put on a smile because that's just me. But deep down inside, I was unfulfilled. I was unfulfilled because I wasn't going anywhere. I was just in in this rat race, this thing called life. But life, I, life was not designed just to to live some routine. <laughs> you know, life is is beautiful. Think about it. Just think about just how we're designed. You think God just designed us to go to work and look forward to the weekend? No. There's so much more. And I truly believe that we, we, we're going to accomplish those big goals. We can do it. We can do it. But I want you to know that you have the time. You have the time. You got the time, girl. <laughs> you got the time. I really want you to just kind of take a look at your day. Take a moment. Take 30 minutes to take a look at your routine, your daily routine. Where can you squeeze in some time to focus on your goals? Some time to work towards your goals. Ever since I've incorporated me not going to sleep until 12 p.m., y'all, I feel like time passed so slow. I'll be writing. I'll be writing and I'll be like, Oh, I'm getting a lot of uh, I'm getting a lot of uh, word count. I'm getting this word count up. How long I've been writing, you know? And I look at the clock, and it's only ten minutes is fast, or twenty minutes have passed. And I'm like, wow! And then I was sitting there, and I was writing my my laptop or typing my laptop. I'm like, when you really set aside time to do a specific thing, it's there for you. And you need to make sure that you're doing nothing except for that thing, right? Because that was my problem. I was doing so many freaking things at one time that nothing got done. Like literally, y'all, I, this hour would clean up my house. I'll start in the kitchen and I'll be cleaning, washing the dishes, washing the dishes. Then um, I might walk in the living room. Then I start cleaning the living room because I see something in the living room. Then... I'll walk in, let's say I'll go and take maybe my son's shoe and put it in his room. Then I see something in his room and I start putting stuff up in his room and cleaning up in there. Then I go back in the kitchen and start cleaning and finishing it up in there. Then I may have to use the restroom and go to the restroom and then I see something and then I start fixing that. And that's how I was living my life, trying to do everything with no set time with no set time and I literally and I when I tell you guys you have to be consciously making these decisions consciously aware of what you're doing because 
when I made the decision to, you know, focus on one thing at a time, clean the kitchen first completely, then move on to the next thing. It just happened so quickly. I would be finished in the kitchen quickly, you know, and just get it over with. Then I move on to the next project. And it just seems like the, the time was there. It's just that I was doing so many things. I was so busy, so busy. And when you you live that narrow life, you narrow it down, then you can you you can see that you actually have the time. And I get so much accomplished and um lately I've been um once the the clock starts ticking for me when I get my son in bed. So with training and homework and dinner and everything, he gets to sleep around 8.45, no later than 9 o'clock. He's out. And I say, okay, the clock starts. Clock starts now. And I have already planned the previous day what I would be doing, you know, for that night. So it takes preparation. And, and let me say this. This little fake motivation thing it's not real let me tell you when i start doing you know my preparations for the next the next day i don't want to do that <laughs> i'm gonna tell you i'm so serious my body says i don't feel like doing this I don't want to do it. <laughs> you don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Sometimes when I literally, I get sleepy around like 11 and I'm like, and I just lay down. I just want to lay down. I don't want to do this anymore. And I make myself stay up. This whole motivation thing where somebody pumps you up for like you go to church, you know, you go to church and you get your pastor or let's say you listen to a motivational speaker on YouTube. Oh yeah, they pump you up all right. They pump you up. But then you realize that after a day or so, a day or so, you back to not wanting to do it again. <laughs> so don't get caught up by this whole... I'm motivated, I'm motivated because I'm going to tell you right now, you could be motivated, but honey, at some point, you ain't going to want to do it. So you need something, they they call it your why. The reason why you're doing the thing has to be so great. You know what I'm saying? It has to be so big that when you don't feel like doing it, you get your tail up and you do it. And that's what I mean when I say your vision dictates what you do. That's what I mean. Your vision will will dictate will dictate what you do. It will dictate your actions. Because I am recording this podcast right now. It's 
it's 11 o'clock. This is the designated time that I've set to do this. And of course, I had a thought and said, well, I could just do it tomorrow. I had that thought. I said, oh, no, 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 no. And that thought came because I realized that um, I put all my notes on my phone, right? And I said, well, how am I going to do the thing if I'm recording on my phone and, you know, I need to see my notes, but I can't record at the same time. So I said, I'll just do it tomorrow. And I said, Mm-mm. see, that was the Holy Spirit. Mm, yes, it was. It was the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's telling me, no, your purpose is bigger than this. You can't let yourself get in the way. Get your tail up. Go write them down on a piece of paper. At the time, it was only like 9 o'clock. I said, you know what? I do got time, Lord. I got the time. I got I got more than enough time to do this. So I put it, put it down to the side, and I did it. So just make sure that the reason that you're doing something is so is big enough that it'll get you to get up when you really don't feel like it, right? So you got to have something that's outside of yourself that that'll motivate you when you don't have that YouTuber there pumping you up or T.D. Jakes pumping you up or somebody pumping you up. It has to be internal, internal. So don't don't get that twisted. okay? don't get that twisted. Right. But I just I hopefully I've encouraged someone. To make the time. Because you got it. You got the time. 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 You got it. Guys, I love music. This is just me. Okay? I'm. This is my authentic self. Okay? But you have the time. Look at your routine. Make time. And let's accomplish together... And let me know, girl. Let me know, you know, how it's impacting you. What changes you made. I want to know. Tell me so we can talk about it. I just want to talk about it. I sincerely want people to grow. I want you guys to grow. I do. I want you guys to grow and to, to live a more fulfilling life. And I Granted, some people have great jobs. You know, they make great money you know they have great benefits you may love it and that may that may be a purpose that's something that you've always wanted to do um but i still think that we we have special gifts and talents that god has given us to use that are tied to someone else that we can get them their souls to christ It's about the souls. And if your purpose only benefits you, honey, that's not your purpose. Purpose is never for you. It's for someone else. It benefits someone else. It benefits you. But your purpose is never just for you. So just make sure that uh, you're not being selfish. Right? Well, I think I've talked myself 
talked enough. And I, I just, I really hope that somebody gets something out of this. That's my prayer. And um, I guess that's it. So I'll see you guys next week with something great to talk Hi, welcome back. It's Nikita and I'm back with another episode um, on the podcast. It's my second one. And this one is entitled, Do You Know Your Worth? It almost sounds like a, do you know the mockingbird? I think that's how it goes. But do you know your worth? Right? Do you really know your worth? And I really think it's um, it's very, 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 important to know your worth um and not just in relationships male and female boyfriend girlfriend husband and wife but also your work relationships and friendships um knowing your worth really sets the standard um for how we allow others to to treat us and I think uh, knowing your worth and having them written down and clearly defined, it helps us determine what we will or won't settle for. Very similar to uh, if you want to accomplish something in the future, you write down your goals and you clearly set dates and times and when you're going to have this accomplished and when you're going to have this accomplished with the ultimate goal of you know, reaching that, you know, main goal, that main focus. But if you don't write it down, if you don't know, they're not clearly defined, it's very likely that you will end up settling and not doing anything at all. Or you kind of lose your way. Uh, You get thrown off. um, Or you just end up not doing anything period. So <laughs> it's it's important to know your worth and, and where you stand. And uh, I just wanted to, to touch on this because um, I always like to start off when I start, you know, talking about a topic. I like to share my personal experience. That way, you know that it, I'm just not coming out of the blue with something. And even if I were just coming out of the blue with something, it would be something that the Lord really put on me to share. Um, But I think, you know, it's so much better when the person who's, you know, encouraging you has actually experienced, has actually experienced the thing that she's talking about, he's talking about, because they know the emotions and the pain and the, the, the feelings that went along with their transition throughout that experience. So um, that's what I like to share. That's what I want you guys to to feel, again, sincerity, truth, and experience. Because we're open, right? We're just going to talk about these things because the goal is to get better. <laughs> the goal is to look at ourselves in the mirror and, you know, get better, become better people in general, not just for ourselves, but for other people. 
so we can shine that light brightly, you know. So, um, <laughs> I'm really big on worth uh, in my standards. I actually have them written down. My standards are written down and I, they're on my wall, just like my other goals. I wrote it down on a piece of paper and I, I hang them up. I see I see them every day. Um, but mostly when it comes to relationships, um, I know exactly what I want and I won't settle for less. And of course, there's a tolerance level there. Um, there are some things you may encounter in, with a guy and you'll be like, or or with any other person, it doesn't really matter. Uh, and, and you encounter an experience and you're like, hmm, is this something that I'm willing to settle for? Is this something that I'm okay with? And that's the power of choice, right? Sometimes we neglect the fact that we have the ability to choose um, what we will or won't settle for. But anyways, um, it took me... <laughs> It took me a while, a long while, for me to recognize my worth. Um, and I hate to say this, but you know, uh, people tend to look at the exterior of a person and expect that they just have that right to have that standard or they have that right to expect certain things. And that's that's just not the truth. Um, and I say that because, yeah, I don't want this to come across, but sometimes you'll see a woman who, or a male who's not so attractive, right? And you say, well, how does he get a man like that or a girl like that who, you know, has all of this stuff and they has money and they do all these things. And it's not so much about their looks. It's about what that person chooses to settle for or not, you know, where your standards lie. And, uh, and I granted some of the, the people, they may have insecurity issues, self-esteem issues, but ultimately they have standards and <laughs> they have standards for themselves. And when you, you have standards, you know what you will or won't settle for. But, um, over time I've developed myself and I know exactly what I'm worth and I, I set my standards and I won't, I won't falter or waver from them. But, um, so a little bit about my history. So, um, first and foremost, uh, I would say from like, from a kid up until let's say fifth grade, I was, I really felt myself. You know, like I was really into myself and I can remember an instance where um, I just know that I just knew that I was all that from that time period because, you know, I had guys, kids trying to talk to me and things like that. And I can remember I had boys calling the house and my dad was like, didn't I tell you not to um, have boys calling here? And I'll never forget the guy's name. His name was Colin. <laughs> but I I felt like looking back I felt like I probably would have been fast okay <laughs> but I just thank God but anyway so um when I got into the fifth grade it just my mom and dad had purchased a beautiful home and we started a new school 
and my mom told me to to go and clean the bathroom so I did I did it but I was in there playing right and I was I poured some cleaning solution on the ground on the floor uh, the tile in the bathroom and I was spinning around on it right so definitely dangerous <laughs> you don't want to do that but that's what I was doing and I was spinning around you know playing I was supposed to be cleaning up the bathroom and I ended up falling right I fell and I chipped my tooth and from that day on I developed very low self-esteem okay because you're this kid who you knew you were all of that, right? I knew I was all of that. And I had very high self-esteem before this incident. And um, I I was crushed. I didn't want to smile. I didn't want to talk. I didn't want to be noticed. It, it was a horrible experience for me. <laughs> um, my self-esteem was shot. And... Um, I just didn't think that I was beautiful. Um, And of course, you know what comes along with low self-esteem. I I just didn't like myself. So I did everything I possibly could to not be noticed. Um, I stayed in the house a lot. Um, And then when I was around the eighth grade, I got into the eighth grade, uh, my parents got my tooth fixed. But of course, the damage has already been done from the fifth to the eighth grade. I've already been picked on. I've already laughed at, you know, you know how, you know how bullies are. And um, I don't want to cry, but (laughs) it was just a, um, a trying time, you know, not really loving yourself, you know, not liking yourself and then going through middle school. And, you know, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't easy. So even when I got my, my tooth fixed, um, I still mentally, I was still that insecure person in that went on into high school. Okay. So into high school from like the ninth to the 10th grade, maybe I was still struggling with low self-esteem Um, I was always in the house. I was always working and I just didn't want to be noticed. And I didn't think that people liked me. I didn't, (laughs) um, I, I always had a great personality, a very outgoing personality, but I was just always in the house. But, you know, when I would be out, you know, I, that my, my personality would show, but mentally, I still didn't like myself. I didn't love myself. And then here we go to my senior year. And um, my senior year. And um, I'll never forget it was Thanksgiving. And I put on some heels. My first time wearing heels. Um, And it was was Thanksgiving of my uh, sophomore year. No, I was a junior. Yeah, I was a junior. Yeah. And um, it was Thanksgiving and I wore some heels and I had some makeup on. And I kind of got a glimpse of myself and I realized that my exterior (laughs) was really cute. But mentally, again, um, I still had 
the symptoms of low self-esteem. But from that day on, I started to dress up the exterior. So I was no longer wearing the baggy pants, the huge sweaters and, you know, going to lunch or spending lunch in the library. I I was putting putting myself out there and I started I sing. So I started singing publicly in front of people and um I was starting to come out of my shell. And I continued to come out of my shell um up until college and um I found myself in the church. So I started going to church with my auntie whom I'm just so grateful for. Um started going to church and you know I when I'm in a church, I'm in a church. Um, I used to go to church. Mind you, I'm like in my 20s, my early 20s, like 20, 20, 21. And I'm going to church like every other day. Like I'm on the dance team. I'm on the praise team. I have Bible study. And then we have church. So I'm there like every other day. And granted, I loved it. But at the same time, they don't have much... They didn't have anything for a 20-year-old to enjoy life. So it's I, I got to the point where I was like, I haven't experienced life. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I haven't experienced life. This is this is boring, you know. <laughs> I was like, I don't have a testimony. I don't. You know, there are people in here talking about they've been delivered from diseases. They've been delivered from alcoholism and drugs. And I'm like, well, I haven't. I've never gone through anything. So I can't relate to that. I was yearning for an experience. And let me tell y'all, don't do that. (laughs) Because you will surely go through something that will give you that experience. We really have to be careful about uh, our emotions and what we're thinking and what we're really asking for or subconsciously yearning for because you will definitely get it. You will experience it. So just wanted to throw that in there. But I met this guy and um, I met this guy and... um, You know, it was great. It was great in the beginning, right? And, um, of course, later on, found out he was cheating and I stayed. We would break up and I would stay. We would break up and I would stay. And he was still cheating. And I allowed this man to, to break me, to break me down to where... I was comparing myself to other women because I I couldn't understand why he wouldn't want me when I was this good girl. You know, I was in my, I was what, 22? Um, I was a good girl. You know, I I don't cheat. I'm not a liar. I'm very honest. Um, I believe that I treated him and gave him everything that a man, you know, would want. And I couldn't understand for the life of me why this man wouldn't want me. But, you know, that wasn't 
an issue that wasn't something that was wrong with me he had a character issue and I was young I didn't I didn't know that and I stayed with this man um and it's funny because uh the day that I really broke it off and I was getting ready to move to a different city I found out that I was pregnant so I ended up staying home and of course I never wanted to be a single mom I never in my life thought that I would be a single mom or wanted to be a single mom so of course I wanted to make it work with my son's father and you know I took him back and cheated again lied again cheated again and lied again and then I just found myself in a triangle between me another woman and and him and um, I'll never forget the day I I knew it was over when uh, we got back together and he was still cheating. And I put him out, of course, because, you know, if I know that you're cheating, you can't stay with me. You have to go. But um, he had to go and he left a bag. He left a bag underneath my bed. And um, of course... I'm going to go through it. That's what I do. Uh, <laughs> that's what I did. Uh, and uh, I found out that he was actually married. He was actually married and he didn't tell me. And I knew at, I knew at that point that um, I, I don't entertain married men. Uh, I don't want a married man because I knew the value that I placed on marriage right i i want to be a wife i've always wanted to be a wife i saw my mom be a great wife to my dad and i i just yearned for that and i still do i'm not married yet but i know i will be pretty soon so um and i i yearned for that and i would never ever intentionally knowingly interfere with someone's marriage and I knew, for me, I knew that that was a sign from God. It Literally, it was a sign from God. I took it as that because God knew that I would never do that. I would never want someone to be, to engage in an affair with my husband. I would never want that. I would never want that. And I never would wish that on anyone, you know, especially if, even if they may be going through something in their marriage, I don't have that right to interfere with someone's marriage. Um, I, I just don't believe in that, but I found out that he was married. I knew it was over. He knew that I, I wouldn't do that. And, you know, he still tried to come back. I have to be honest, he still tried to come back. And I knew that if I wanted to be with him, I could. If I wanted to give my body to him, I could. But after that happened, you know, of course, I had to deal with hurt. I had to deal with the fact that I was going to be a single mother. I had to deal with the fact that I had to do it on my own. Um, And of course, who do you run to? I ran to God. And... I begin assessing myself and I'm like, you know, why, you know, that's what what happens when you put a mirror in front of yourself and you take a look at the things that you've done. You know, you don't 
don't point the finger all the time. He did this. She did this to me. They did this to me. No, point the finger back at yourself and say, what could I have done better? At what point in my life could I have walked out of this this triangle? I had plenty opportunities to walk away from this relation that relationship and I chose not to. So you just think about you and what type of relationship whether like I said it's not just boyfriend or girlfriend it's a work relationship it's a relationship with your your parents uh, uh f- friends family it doesn't matter. Don't point the finger. Stop playing the victim like somebody is always doing something to you. You have to remember that you're playing a part in it and you have to assess yourself, put the mirror in front of you and ask yourself, what could you have done different? And if you were young and you there was something that you couldn't really have done, then ask yourself what you can do now to get better or to heal from what another person did to you or some, what you allowed another person to do to you. I know in some circumstances, um, it was out of our control and a lot of things may have happened when we were in our youth and you really couldn't do anything, but you don't want to, how long are you holding on to what someone did, right? Because at any point in time, we can choose to let go and we can choose to embrace this the very moment called now and realize that we're okay and that the only thing that's causing us pain is holding on to a memory that no that's no longer happening it's just a memory but we hold on so dear to that memory that we allow it to still cause us pain and that's where we have to believe in God and letting go and allowing uh healing and restoration to take place in our lives but you know that's that's another 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 topic um but i got to the point where i stopped playing the victim and, and stopped saying he did this and he did this and i said i could have left this man at any point and i chose to stay and i asked myself i i, I was sitting in my bed and my son was next to me he was sleeping and i remember it was dark i had the lamp on and the lamp I was sitting a little bit higher than the lamp. So the lamp, the, the light was kind of like on my Bible because I was reading. And I, I asked myself, I said, why did I stay so long in a relationship that was no good for me? Why did I stay so long? And the Lord downloaded into my spirit and he said, because you don't know your worth. If I knew my value and who I was, there was no way that I would allow someone to treat me so bad, right? If you knew how valuable you were, you wouldn't allow somebody somebody to treat you so negatively. And I... I said, you know, from that day forward, I want to write down my standards, what I will, what I want, and I'm not going to waver from it. And that's what I did. 
And I I haven't looked back since. And let me tell you, don't be shy, okay? Don't be afraid to set your standards high because there are men who meet your standards. And what you have to understand uh, is that when you... You have the choice. The possibility, the possibility is there. It's just that you haven't chosen that possibility for yourself. So you're not aware that that option is there for you. But the possibility, whether you recognize it or not, is still there. But when you recognize what you're worth and what you can have and you set your standards there, it weeds out a whole class of things. <laughs> like, <laughs> like guys will come up to me and I'm referencing guys because that's that's uh, what I typically, what I'm setting, what I'm basing it off of. But you, you think about, and you know, at the same time, I need to do the same thing I need to do the same thing for my work relationships and my friendships or because when I'm thinking about it now, if I write down the standards that I want for myself or my job, then those have to be clearly defined as well. So that's something that I learned just now. So I'm going to do that tonight. After the podcast, that's something you should do too. Write your standards for your workplace. Um, but I want to do. I'm going to do that. But don't be afraid or don't think that you're not worth it. Um, you and if you feel if you don't recognize your worth, maybe because of your past, then I strongly suggest that you you go to to God's God's word and what God has to say about you. Like, he loves us. Like, <laughs> you think about how God made you, right? He knew you before you were even in your mother's womb. He numbered the hairs on your head. He fearfully, yet wonderfully made you in his image. So you would allow someone to treat you substandard? You don't deserve that. You don't deserve it. And some people, when I tell people or about writing their standards down, some people look at me crazy. So you'll never, you'll never get that. I beg to differ. I've eliminated a whole class of men <laughs> that just will not get a chance. And now those that approach me are the ones that meet my standards. Right? Right? The man that I'm talking to now, he literally meets all of my standards. Right? Right? And of course, no man is perfect. And like I said, there's a, a tolerance level that you can have. Like I have a tolerance level or, um, and I, I take advantage of choice. 
when you're in a relationship and you see that a person is treating you um, substandard, what you have written down, at that point, you have a choice to make. You have a choice to say, is this something that I'm willing to settle for? You know, is is this something that I'm okay with? Um, for me, I say, is this something that I could settle for if I were married to this person? Because the way that they are now is the way that they'll be when, when you get married. Don't make sure you keep that in mind. <laughs> Don't think you can change people. It's not your place to change somebody. Because if you're trying to make a man change and he say he's changing for you, you can best believe that at some point, the real him is going to show back up. Right? So a man needs to, to change for himself, not for you. Because if he changes for himself, then you don't have to keep asking him. You don't have to keep pushing him uh, to be who it is that you want, right? So that's why you have to take advantage of, of your choice. Um, so when you experience something in one of these relationships that you're not really fond of, and you, you feel some type of way, and you'll know because you that emotion, something in you will be like, hey, oh. Like this feeling let me take a step back but and another thing is that you really have to be conscious of yourself and your emotions i'm i'm very aware of my of how i'm feeling of my energy and my frequency i'm very aware of it so when i'm feeling a certain type of way when there's some resi inner resistance i address it immediately i i address it because you have to let the other person know, hey, this is bothering me, okay? I let you know this is bothering me. And then I give you an opportunity to fix it, okay? If you don't fix it, then again, I take advantage of choice, okay? One, another thing that I realized when I was, you know, in an unhealthy relationship no one forced me to stay in it. No one said that you have to make a relationship work that isn't working. <laughs> I don't have to sit and be cheated on to say that I, I tried. No. When someone treats you substandard at that point my friend you have a choice to make and let me let me tell you if he treats you or they treat you a certain way and you allow it to them you it says that what i just did to this person is okay so you need to be careful with that if he if you find out that a person is cheating you cheating on you or if you're find out that a friend is saying something negatively about you and you don't address it to that person you you're telling them that it's okay for me to treat that person that way they're not going to say anything or if you take action but you're not consistent then it says then it, then you're saying oh they'll do this but then i know i can come back but it they, they won't be mad long you know so you have to be consistent and you have to be firm with whatever decision that you choose to make 
right? So you have that tolerance level there. You have that tolerance level, but then you have to be consistent and firm with whatever choice you choose to make at that point when you realize that a person isn't treating you uh, the way that you desire to be treated. But you have to know your worth, right? You have to know who you are in God. And I know who I am. God made us... Do you, do you guys know like how the body works? Like this is, it takes a God to create us. You know, how our brain works, the sensors in our brains that tell our hands to, to raise and to, to be lowered, that tell us to put this foot here, that lets us know when something is hot or when something is cold. You know, the way God created us is, it's magnificent. <laughs> like, you're a magnificent being. And it's it's funny to me that I would let someone treat me substandard. Like, like, do you know who I am? You think you're gonna treat me this way? But, you know, an- another thing that God brought to uh, my attention, you know, I was, you know, reading and he showed me um, Luke seven thirty seven. It's in the Bible. And what caught my attention was was the title of it, the title of this uh, verse. And it said the woman with the past. And. I'm like a woman with the past and I immediately thought about um the woman at the well but I know it's a different scripture so I'm like well who is this lady you know what woman are they talking about so of, of course I read it and I'm actually going to read it to you because I think you need to to hear it or if, if I tell you to to go get your bible amen to go and get your bible you know some of you probably aren't going to get it so I might as well just read it and I'll I'll read it really quickly. But this is this is what it says, okay? It says Jesus um Jesus anointed by a sinful a sinful woman. Now I'm reading this in the NLT version, but the Bible that I was reading it in was a Joyce Myers Bible. And it was the amplified version, right? And the the title of it was uh The Woman with the Past. Yeah, it was a woman with a past, and that um, that did something to me. But here it is. Um, now this, but now mind you, this is before Jesus is getting ready to um, be betrayed, right? It's a little bit before that, and uh, this is what happens. So it says one of the Pharisees asked Jesus to have dinner with him. So Jesus went to his home and sat down to eat with a certain. When a certain immoral woman from the city heard he was eating there, she brought a beautiful alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume. Then she knelt behind him at his feet, weeping. Her Her tears fell on his feet and she wiped them off with her hair. Then she kept kissing his feet and putting perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited Jesus, he said to himself, this is, if this man is a prophet, 
He's talking about Jesus. He would know that he would know what kind of woman is touching him. She's a sinner. Then Jesus answered his thoughts. Now that's funny. <laughs> oh Lord. It says then Jesus answered his thoughts. Wow. Simon, he said to the Pharisee, I have something to say to you. Go ahead, teacher, Simon replied. Then Jesus told him a story. Y'all listen. He said, oh, this is just so amazing to me. It, and it just tells you, oh, he said, this is the story, y'all. It says, a man loaned, Jesus did it in parables, by the way, so that people can understand the word, right? So a man loaned money to two people. 500 pieces of silver to, silver to one and 50 pieces of, to the other. But neither of them could repay him. So he kindly forgave them both, right? Canceling their debts. And then Jesus asked this question. He says, who do you suppose loved Jesus more, loved him more after that, Right? So he, he, there's two people and a guy loaned one 500 pieces. Of course, that's more than the other who he loaned 50 pieces. So Simon says, um, Simon answered and he said, I suppose the one that would pretty much love him more would be the one who's canceled the largest debt. And Jesus said, that's right. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, look at this woman kneeling here. When I entered your home, you didn't offer me water to wash the dust from my feet, but she has washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't greet me with a kiss, but from the time I first came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You neglected the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head, but she has anointed my feet with rare perfume, rare expensive perfume at that, y'all. And then Jesus says this, he says, I tell you, her sins, and they are many, have been forgiven. So she has shown me much love, but a person who is forgiven little showed only little love. Then Jesus said to the woman, your sins are forgiven. The men at the table said among themselves, who is this man that he goes around forgiving sins? Now, I say this to, to I, I read this because some people think because they have a past, because they have a past, that they may not see their value or their worth. So they set their standards low. No, ma'am. According to this, you're forgiven, right? And because you're forgiven and you know the things that you've done in the past, your love for, for Jesus, for God is much greater he doesn't, he doesn't say that you're a nasty person and you shouldn't expect a person to treat you the way you feel that you, do, you deserve to be treated. He doesn't say that. 
He doesn't treat her by what her past reflects like Simon wanted to treat her. He didn't even want the woman to be touching Jesus because of her past. He felt like Jesus wouldn't let this woman touch him because of her past. And I, I just want to encourage the woman who has a past, whatever it may have been, to know that you can still find value in yourself. You can still have the same values and worth, self-worth, as someone with a little past. Because your sins, they can be forgiven. That can be wiped away. Or it was wiped away when Jesus died for you. And during that time where you were experiencing those things and you know you were living in sin, grace covered you. God's grace covered you. His mercy covered you. Right? God stood in the gap for you during that time. So don't think about that when you set standards for yourself, right? Because sometimes you think that I, I don't deserve it. I don't deserve better. I don't deserve great, right? And you condemn yourself because of that. But you don't have to. And I want to encourage you to, to, to still set your standards high because God didn't recognize this woman because of her past. That didn't mean anything to him because he knew that because her past was so long and so sinful that she would love him greater, right? And God loves you so much. Don't treat yourself any different than how God would treat you, right? You deserve the best. We all deserve the best. And we have to set those standards and determine our worth so that we can have the best. You're entitled to it. You're, you're entitled to having the best. Don't settle for mediocre relationships. Don't settle for someone being mediocre in your life. You deserve more and you can have exactly what you desire. Because God will give us the desires of our hearts. He definitely will. But we have to, to set those standards for ourselves and allow those re relationships to, to form. Right? So I strongly encourage you to, to get in your word. Right? I, I have to go back to Jesus because he's, he's done so much for me. Right? He's, he restored you know, he restored what was broken in me. I allowed someone to break me to where I didn't even love myself. And God is in the business of, of restoring that which was broken, right? He can restore you. You can be restored. Your worth is, is, is great. You're so worth it. And I, I really encourage you to get into the word, 
If you if you don't know your worth or you don't feel like you're worth it, read what God has to say about you in the Bible. He loves you so much. Right? And maybe you you haven't had a, a father or mother there to, to, to show you godly love. Maybe you you haven't had that. But God says that you'll be a father to the fatherless. And he can he can show you. He can show you what love is and what it should feel like. I mean, he already did it when Jesus died on the cross. There's no greater love than that. A man who would lay down and die for for our sins. So, um, I encourage you. I encourage you to assess yourself, to write down your standards, not just, you know, for, you know, boyfriend and girlfriend, husband and wife, but also for your your work relationships, family, those relationships. And um, and another thing is, I don't know why this is on my heart. I don't know who it's for, but also for uh, your parents. Um, some of you may have broken relationships with your, your, your parents and that's caused you to devalue yourself, caused you to act out and do all kinds of things that you're maybe not proud of. Um, maybe those relationships need to be mended and maybe you need to forgive. And remember, forgiveness is not for the other person, but it's for you. There's freedom in forgiveness. When you forgive you let go of holding on to something that happened a while ago and is no longer happening now and when you let it go and if it, if the person hasn't changed if they're still the same you're able to accept them for who they are or who they were at that time and you move on with your life right and increase your value because you're so much you're worth so much more than holding on to something that happened, whether it was yesterday, last year, 20 years ago, 50 years ago, you're worth so much more than what someone did to you. You're worth so much more than that. Let it go. And no, it's not easy. No, it's not easy, but it's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. I don't know who that was for, but I I felt like it. I needed to say it, doggone it. But I think that's it. <laughs> I don't think I have any more to say. But just know your worth. And like I said, if you don't know your worth, the Bible tells you. <laughs> God loved you so much that he gave his only son for you. Does that not tell you what you're worth? Worth's, worth is worth is the value equivalent to that of someone or something something under consideration. What you're willing to someone is willing to give up for you. Right? What is someone willing to give up for you? You what is that's how much you're worth. God gave his only son. Can you imagine that? <laughs> oh lord god is so good amen i'm so grateful uh i'm so grateful for you guys 
And I pray, I pray for your healing. I pray for your restoration. I pray for wisdom and knowledge. I pray for understanding. When you get understanding, you're able to you know, you're able to understand the position of that person, right? And, you know, that's that's important. So I wish y'all the best and I look forward to next week when the Lord puts something new on my heart to share. And uh, if you have any questions or you have something to say, then you just post it, leave me a message. Um... And we can talk about it. <laughs> All right. I love y'all. Now, um, stay sweet. Stay encouraged. Stay saved. Bye, y'all.